0: Thank you, Brother Terry. That's a powerful song, powerful message in that song. Thank you, choir, and thank our praise team, and thank all of you for taking part in our worship this morning. If you brought your Bibles, turn to 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 8. And we're going to look at 1 Samuel chapter 8, and then we're going to look at Isaiah chapter 59, And so uh, our reading will be kind of lengthy this morning, so if you would just remain seated in the spirit of prayer as God speaks to our heart. We want to look at Isaiah chapter 8. I want to share a sermon of entitled, When God Refuses to Hear. When God Refuses to Hear. Isaiah, I'm sorry, 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 8. And then Isaiah 59. Now it came to pass when Samuel was old that he made his sons judges over Israel. The name of his firstborn was Joel. The name of his second, Abijah. And they were judges in Beersheba. But his sons did not walk in the ways or in his ways. They turned aside after dishonest gain. They took bribes and they perverted justice. Then all the elders of Israel gathered together and they came to Samuel at Ramah. And they said to him, look, you're old and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all nations. But the same thing displeased Samuel. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, give us a king to judge us. So Samuel prayed to the Lord. And the Lord said to Samuel in verse 7, Heed the voice of the people in all that they say to you, for they have not rejected you, But they've rejected me that I should not reign over them. According to all the works which they have done since the day that I brought them out of Egypt, even to this day with which they've forsaken me and they've served other gods, and so they're doing to you also. Now therefore heed their voice. However, you shall solemnly forewarn them and show them the behavior of the king who will reign over them. So Samuel told all the words of the Lord to the people who asked him for a king and he said this will be the behavior of the king who will reign over you. He'll take your sons and appoint them for his own chariots and to be his horsemen and some will run before his chariots and he will appoint captains over his thousands and captains over 50s and will set some to plow his ground and reap his harvest and some to make his weapons of war and equipment for his chariots. He'll take your daughters to be uh, perfumers, cooks and bakers. And he'll take the best of your fields and your vineyards and your olive groves and he'll give them to your servants. He'll take a 10th of your grain and your vintage and give it to, to his officers and servants.
1: He'll take your
0: male servants, your female servants, your finest young men and your donkeys and he'll put them to his work. And he'll take a tenth of your sheep and you'll be his servants and you'll cry out in the day because of your king whom you've chosen for yourselves and the Lord will not hear you in that day. Now look at that verse real close, kind of like a text. You will cry out in that day because of your king whom you have chosen for yourselves and the Lord will not hear you in that day. But nevertheless the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel and they said no we will have a king over us that we also may be like all the nations and our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. Samuel heard all the words of the people and he repeated them in the hearing of the Lord. And so the Lord said to Samuel, heed their voice and make them a king. And Samuel said to the men of Israel, every man go to his city. If you will, let's tie in Isaiah 59. Look at verses 1 through 5. Isaiah 59 verses 1 through 5. Isaiah 59, 1 through 5. Isaiah 59, 1. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that he cannot save, nor his ear heavy that he cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he will not hear. For your hands are defiled with blood, your fingers with iniquity, your lips have spoken lies, your tongues has muttered perversity. And no one calls for justice, nor does any plead for truth. They trust in empty words and speak lies. They conceive evil, they bring forth iniquity. And notice verse five, they hatch vipers' eggs, and they weave the spider's web. And he who eats of their eggs die. And from that which is crushed, a viper breaks out. Now look over to verse 12. Verse 12, for our transgressions are multiplied before and our sin before you and our sins testify against us, for our transgressions are with us. And as for our iniquities, we know them in transgression and lying against the Lord and departing from our God, speaking oppression and revolt, conceiving utterly from the heart words of falsehood. Justice is turned back, righteousness stands afar off, and truth is fallen in the street, and iniquity cannot enter, so truth fails, and he who departs from evil makes himself a prey. Then the Lord saw it, and it displeased him that there was no justice. Let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for an opportunity we have to come and worship you. And now to open your word, help us to understand that you're speaking to us this morning. And Father, help us to understand the problem of Israel, Lord, when they turn from you. And help us to understand, Lord, as your people and as a country, a nation, Lord, that you will not be able to bless us. You would not even be able to hear us. Father, if we don't get our hearts right with you, thank you for what you're going to do in this time. In Christ's name I pray, amen. When God refuses to hear, First Samuel chapter 8, just a little review. You can keep your finger there, look at that a little later. First Samuel chapter 8, we read the whole chapter. We find where the prophet of Samuel has become very old. He's appointed his sons judges over Israel. Both of his sons turned from God, turned from the ways of God. Verse 3 says, they turned to greed, they took bribes, they perverted justice. And because of that, the elders of Israel came to Samuel and they demanded a king to rule over them. They wanted to be like other nations. Verse 6 says, this request displeased Samuel when they said, give us a king. Verse 7 says, God says to Samuel, They haven't rejected you. They've rejected me, that I should not reign over them. They want a king. Instead of me, they can have their king. But let them know one thing for sure. 1 Samuel, if you look at verse 18. And you will cry out in that day because of your king whom you have chosen for yourselves and the Lord will not hear you in that day. You wanted a king, you got a king. You're going to cry out to me one day, and that day you cry out to me, I will not hear you. The point is this, it's a dangerous position for any nation to put their trust in any other person than the Lord God of heaven. Now listen, especially if that nation has had a past history of trusting in the God of the Bible, in the trusting in the God of of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. It's dangerous to have trusted in God in the past, but you refuse to trust in God in the future. Friend, listen, can you imagine for America, can you just imagine future events for us as a nation in which there would be no hope if God didn't intervene. Can you imagine a situation like that? Things that happened to us as a nation, but then there would be no hope if we called on God, and He wouldn't intervene? What would happen if we had a terrorist attack on our nation that was far worse than 9-11? 10 times as bad, perhaps. What would happen if, if, if our economic if, if our economy imploded? And instead of having just not only high inflation and a recession, but we had a severe depression far greater than they had in the late 20s and the 30s. What would happen if that happened to America today? What would happen if we had natural disasters that would affect millions of people? I was looking at the top 10 natural disasters for America. Number 10 was Hurricane Ike. It happened in 2008. $39 billion gas shortage resulted from damage to platforms and pipelines and refineries. 100 people died in that. $39 billion in expenses. Number eight, the drought that hit in the summer of 1988. $54.3 billion, 454 deaths, and 5,000 people died of a heat stroke. Number two on the list, Harvey, Hurricane Harvey, 2017, a hundred deaths, displaced thirty thousand people, destroyed two hundred thousand homes, cost one hundred and forty three billion dollars. Number one on the list was Hurricane Katrina. 1,800 deaths, displaced 1 million people, cost $180 billion. What would happen if we had things that exceeded those that we've already been through, if we had those natural disasters such as terrorist attack and economic collapse, a natural disaster? What would happen now if we had those? I'm going to tell you two things that will happen. First of all, our politicians all of a sudden would lock arms and they'll stand they'd stand on the on the Capitol Steps. You've seen it before, and they'd begin singing, What? God bless America. That would happen. And something else would happen. Churches would be flooded with people people would come that had never been in years. Those who have not had time, those who have not had time to come, those who have not time, had time to pray, those who had not had time to sing or to serve or to give. All of a sudden they'd be coming and they'd be singing and they'd be praying and they'd be serving and they'd be giving. All of that would change overnight. But let me tell you something, America, God said to Israel and he says to us, You will cry out as a nation, and I will not hear you on that day. You're going to cry out and say, Lord, God, help us. God, have mercy on us. God, save us. And he will not hear. Not hear. Isaiah chapter 59, if you would look at that. Verses 1 through 4. 59 verse 1, behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that he cannot say, nor is the ear heavy that he cannot hear, but your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he will not hear. For your hands are defiled with blood, and your fingers with iniquity, and your lips have spoken lies, and your tongue has muttered perversity. Isaiah said, listen, our problem It's not that we have an insufficient guide. It's really not that his arm is too short that he cannot save. Can you imagine being on the beach and all of a sudden someone's drowning and you try to get to them and you'd reach out and you're just a hands reach away but you could not reach them. That's the picture here. Isaiah says, our God doesn't have a withered hand too short to reach down and to say. We don't have a God that has heavy ears. We don't have a God that's deaf. The problem is Israel's sin had created a barrier between them and their God so that he could not hear them. Isaiah 59 verse 2. But your iniquities have separated you from your God and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear you. So if you're taking notes, first thing, the sins of the nation during Isaiah's day. The sins, what were the sins of the nation during Isaiah's day? Jot this down. First of all, they had bloody hands. Did you notice that? They had bloody hands. Bloody hands. Verse 3, look at verse 3. For your hands are defiled with blood. They had bloody hands. We have bloody hands in America today. We really do. We have bloody hands. Since 1973, 63 million babies have been slaughtered in their mother's womb and some outside the womb. And many in this country, including our president, including uh, political parties, including um, social uh, leaders, all crying out for what? More, more, more blood on our hands, more blood on our hands. Israel had bloody hands, America has bloody hands. Bloody hands. Our violence today has kindly superseded Noah in the days of Noah and Lot superseded it, even superseded King Herod, and he was a terrible, ruthless king, but our violence today has superseded his violence. We have blood on our hands. We have wicked hearts, blood on our hands. Twenty-year-old woman pushing what? Her three-month-old down the street in a, in a, in a, uh, a little carrier for that baby carrier, and someone her... They believe maybe her her ex-husband comes up and shoots her in the head. That happened last week. Got blood on her hands. Blood on her hands. Gun violence, rape, robbery, little smash and grab going on. Nothing is wrong with that. Really? Really? The same verse that says there will be no murders in heaven says there will be no thieves in heaven. Bloody hands, but not only bloody hands, notice we got lying lips. Look at verse three, 59. For your hands are defiled with blood, your fingers with iniquity, your lips have spoken lies. We notice it kindly on a daily basis now, especially with our national leaders and our politicians and our media, and we don't know what to believe. One says this, another says this, so what do we believe? You know, God is real serious about lying. I don't know if you lie or not. I don't know if you tell the little white lies, but God don't see them as little white lies. He sees them as a lie. I don't know if you lie or not, but the Bible says this in Matthew five thirty seven, let your communication be yay, yay, and nay, nay. Used to you'd go up and shake hands with someone and tell them what you'd do. You didn't have to sign a note to buy a car, you just do that on a handshake or to buy some property or to buy enough seed to plant your crop the next year. You say, oh, I'll pay it back. You shook hands and you paid it back. It's not that way anymore. Be truthful. Be truthful. Revelation 21, verse 8. Remember this verse. Revelation 21, verse 8. I failed to mark it down. Revelation 20. When you have it, thank you. But the cowardly, here it is, the cowardly, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, the sexual immoral, the sorcerers, the idolaters, and all ours. White, whatever color you want to call them. All liars will have their part in a lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. God takes lying serious, real serious, whatever kind you tell. So the point is God will not hear Israel because of their sins, the sins of the nation, bloody hands, lying lips. Secondly, if you're taking notes, What brought about the condition of Israel? What brought all this about? What brought about that when they would cry out to God and have mercy on us, that God would not hear them? What what brought about the bloody hands, the lying lips, this wicked heart? Number one, the people had been feeding on a diet of deception. The people had been feeding on a diet of deception. Look, if you will, at verse 5. Isaiah 59, and I'm about finished. They hatched viper eggs. Now, viper eggs, what's another word for viper? Snake. You think a snake in the Bible, you think of a serpent. What's another name for the devil? You got it, so serpent. They feed on viper eggs. I like what um, Adrian Rogers said. He said lies, those devilish lies. That's what a lie is, devilish eggs. What does that mean, Brother Sam? Well, that means they're, the, they're begat. Those lies are begat by the devil. He's the what? The father. He begats lies. If you're lying, you're being, you're being, you're sharing, you're lying because of what the devil has put in your heart. It's coming out your mouth. It's viper eggs. Lies. Snake eggs. Those devilish lies. And devilish lies are being swallowed up today by youth, by adults, and by youth alike. Our nation is on a viper egg diet. All we can consume. That old serpent has fertilized and and, uh, hatched the egg. He's the father of lives, and we've been lied to, and we swallowed the eggs. Think of the reversals in our country in the last 60 years. I jotted some down. Going back to 1962, the Supreme Court ruled that prayer in public school was unconstitutional. Vapor lie. Snake egg. We believed it. We took it. 1963, the Supreme Court dismantled Bible reading in our classroom. 1980, the posting of the Ten Commandments was unconstitutional. Now kids bring guns to school, but it's unlawful for us to put up a a sign that says, Thou shalt not kill. We'll figure that. What are we going to do about gun violence? Try putting up a sign that says, Thou shalt not kill, and sign God's name at the end. 1982, the court prohibited the teaching of biblical creation. So in 20 years, 62 to 82, took God out of school, and promoted evolution and now there's even a push to codify abortion to make it the root make it the law of the land promote transgenderism rewrote our marriage law which permitted marriage between same sex which by the way is an abomination to god And we wonder why God won't hear our prayers as a nation. God bless America. You think he's going to bless America? He says it this way. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. Turn from their wicked way. Then I'll hear from heaven. I'll forgive their sins heal their land. If his people begin to do what we're supposed to be. He's not going to answer the prayers of a... uh, uh, in more a politician. He'll answer our prayers if we're right with him. But he won't if we're not. Notice the sad thing in verse 5, Isaiah 59. They hatch viper eggs and, and they weed the spider's web and he who eats their eggs die. You know, you, you try to... Stamp out or kind of stump on a viper, it it really doesn't work that well. Um, What about the condition of Israel? A doubt of deception. What brought on that about? First of all, a doubt of deception. Jot this down while we have time. Number two, a web of wickedness. Verse five talks about the, the hatch viper eggs, they weave the spider's web. Why do spiders weave webs? To catch, a, to catch an innocent insect and then they'll go and they'll, they'll suck blood out of that insect. And so with that in mind, Satan has this network of webs that are just wrapping up our youth and just sucking the life out of them. Our youth are really caught in a lot of webs. Just to mention a few, pornographies of web. Did you know there's more adult bookstores than our McDonald's? I thought that was interesting. The web of pornography, the web of drug addiction, drug and alcohol is a web. Did you know students spend over $8 billion on alcohol? You know they spend more on alcoholic beverages than they do non-alcoholic beverages? Think of that. So the point is we have a generation of walking dead that have been sucked dry from being entangled with the web of Satan, drugs, and alcohol. And we'll then include adults with those youth. And so you have the web of pornography, the web of alcohol and drugs, the web of immorality. Think of that web that people are called in. Our youth are being told that that there's no fixed standard in regards to morality. So premarital sex is okay. Homosexuality is okay. Some of our schools and some of our parents, even parents today, schools, some, ours, that I know of, it's not in Franklin County, in Russell City, but some of our schools across our nation, some of our parents today, get this, are promoting fornicating to their children. Just take some protection when you go on the date, make sure everything's okay. I had a talk with my daughter, they say, or I had a talk with my son. You believe in that? That's where we are, and we think God's gonna answer the prayers of America? We're in a bad situation. So what brought on the crisis? A diet of deception, a web of wickedness, and then the trashing of truth. And I'll close with this as fast as I can. Isaiah 59, look at verses 12. Look at verse, uh, look at verse 15. Truth fails. Truth fails. He who departs from evil makes himself a prey. Truth fails. Go back up, if you will, to verse 12. For the transgressors are multiplied before you. Our sins testify against us, for our transgressions are with us. And as for our iniquities, we know them. Transgressions and lying against the Lord, departing from our God, speaking oppression and revoke, conceiving and uttering from the heart words of falsehood. Justice is turned back. There's no justice. They get out of jail as quick as they are, quicker than they get in jail. There's no justice. Justice is turned back. Righteousness stands afar off. We're begging for righteousness. Can't sit in America. For truth is fallen in the street. Truth Truth is in the street. Better translation says truth is on the ground. Truth is on the ground. Justice is backwards. Righteousness is far off. Truth is is on the street, it's on ground. Truth has kind of been knocked down by prophecies. You might say truth has been topped over by dishonest politicians. They couldn't tell you the truth if they did their dead level best. Our job, what's our job? Our job as believers to put truth back on its feet. It's on the ground, we need to put it back on its feet. Well, how do we do that? Well, the Bible says thy word is truth. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. Our God says he's the way, the truth, and the life. So what can we do to direct America back to God? We're just a little church here in in northwest corner of Alabama. What can we do we can stamp out the viper eggs. No, we can't. We, we can't do stamp out, the, we'll, we'll kill the, stamp out the spider web. You know, you mash on a spider, sometimes you'll see several come out of that spider. You know, it kind of multiplies. That's what the devil does. It kind of multiplies in different areas. So we need something that will st- stay the viper and destroy the, vi- uh, the spider. That's what we need. And what is that? It's truth. That is truth, only truth. So we need to put truth back on her feet. Truth's on the ground, put truth back on the feet. So this morning, we need to kind of recommit ourselves to the truth. We need to teach our children the truth. We need to live the truth in front of them. We need to tell the truth in front of them. We need to know the truth. We need to believe the truth. John 17, verse 17, "...sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth." I'm very concerned today that we're headed in the same direction of Israel, and when we cry out to God for help, he's not going to hear us. I'm real concerned about that. So the question is, then, are you ready to get right with God? Are you ready? Is your home ready to get right with God? Is your family ready? Is your business ready to get right with God? Are you feeding on viper eggs? Are you wrapped up in the webs of Satan? Pornography, drugs, alcohol, immorality. There's only one thing that can set you free. You guessed it. John 8, 32. You shall know the what? Truth. And the truth shall set you free. Now here's the truth. The truth is you're a sinner by nature. You're a sinner. God loves you. sent his son to die for you. Christ died for you, took all of his sins on his own own self, went to the grave, came victorious the third day over the grave, over sin, over death, and one day he's coming again. That's the truth. Now, if you'll believe in him, if you'll believe that truth, trust him, he'll save you. The truth of the matter is, he says, whosoever calls on me, shall be saved, not might be, could be, may be, but you shall be saved if you're willing to trust him, the truth. He promises to hear all of those who call on him. Whosoever calls on him shall be saved. Well, we can look back at Israel, and we can see what all happened there, and it seem like we're just following right along behind them with bloody hands and lying lips and the devil's lies, and the devil's web. And one day we think we're going to call out to God. When the hard things come in your own personal life, you think God's going to hear you in your own personal life? You think he's going to hear us as a nation? If your life's all messed up in that, he will not hear you, my friend, nor would he hear me. So today is a day of reckoning to get right with God, and I pray you will. Let's have a prayer together. Heavenly Father, Thank you, Lord, for an opportunity to share your word. Reflect back upon Israel on the day you said there'll come a time when they'll call on you and you will not hear and reminded us today that there'll be a time that America will call on you unless we change our ways, unless we call on you now and ask you to forgive us as a nation individually. Lord, to to forgive us and that we bring you back into the picture of our country, Lord. Use your church to do that, Lord. That's our responsibility, Lord, to put truth back up on its feet. Truth is on the ground. Help us, Lord, to lift up the truth. You tell us your word is truth. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. Lord, you are life and truth. Help us, Lord, to set truth back up. Help us to be truthful to our children, our neighbors. Help us to live a life of truth. Help us to pray for our country, that our country, our leaders would turn back to you. Lord, thank you for our our nation. Tomorrow we'll be celebrating the birth of our nation. And Lord, we've we've come, uh, we've took a 180 from you Lord. Lord, we've walked away from you as a nation. Help us, Father, we pray to elect godly men and women to lead this country. Lord, help us to do that. Help us to be involved in the Uh, in politics to the point that we want godly people to lead our country. And so, Father, we pray that you'll start with us to make a difference here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.